0: This is a podcast brought to you by The Stress Times and The Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, where we offer tips for the newcomer to the financial and investment scene. I'm Ernest Lewis, and my co-host is Chris Lim, who is in the guest seat today. Now, why? Because this episode is aimed at wine collecting and investment. Chris, how are you? I'm great, especially since
1: I had two bottles of wine all by myself last night. No, I'm just kidding.
0: No. <laughs> okay, Chris, I heard you are a CSW. What does that exactly mean?
1: Well, I'm a Certified Specialist of Wine, which is a, a general wine certification handed out by the Society of Wine Educators in the US. Oh, okay. And I'm also an FWS. Well, a lot of acronyms. French Wine Scholar, which is a, a French wine-specific certification awarded by the Wine Scholar Guild, also in the US.
0: Ah, okay. So when did you get these certificates?
1: Well, when I was running the Business Times Wine Challenge between 2013 and 2015, I thought I'd better bone up on my knowledge, and so I took these courses, which helped me a lot because at the same time, I was doing wine judging for the G Top 100 Wine Awards as well as the Tower Club Wine Awards, among others. So it's been really handy, and now I know what to buy when I go to NTUC. (laughs) Okay,
0: good to know we have an in-house expert here. Now... How does one get started in wine investment or collecting for it?
1: we assuming you're not hardcore because if you're hardcore, you never touch the wines you buy, you know. You buy them far away in some bonded warehouse yeah. and then you sell them without ever laying eyes on them.
0: Let's, let's say after this podcast episode, I want to go out there to mm-hmm. NTUC or Cold Storage or one of the supermarkets out there. I want to get
1: started. What's a good way to approach this? Good thing you mentioned that, Ernest, because that's exactly what I would recommend. Because if you don't yet know what you like to drink and you're Mm. aiming for a balance of wine you keep on the side for investing and wine that you also like to drink, you need to start by knowing what you like to drink. Because you can't very well buy cases and cases of wine that you find actually awful. So Mm. start by going to Giant to NTUC and picking wines that are on sale so that you get a feel for what kind of wines you like. But at the same time, you can start visualising, gamifying wine investment for yourself because you can do what we do in equities investing. Okay, Imagine that you had bought today a case, which is 12 bottles of wine at a fixed cost. Don't actually buy it. Take note of it as if you had bought it and then track how the price moves over the next 6 months, 12 months, 3 years, 5 years, and see if you made a good bet assuming you do make a good bet, that builds confidence. And if you didn't make a good bet, find out why. Did you bet on a bad vintage? Did you bet on a style that doesn't typically appreciate because people buy it just to drink early? Such as Novo Beaujolais, which people buy when it's first released and drink it up when it's first released. So yeah, gamify it. Buy cheap wine to experiment. At the same time, do some fantasy investing in wine, in your mind, and take it down, take down the prices.
0: Uh, so you got to match it with what's happening in the real world. Where, what, what websites do you visit to do this?
1: Well, you know, there's Google is your friend. There's mm. Wine Searcher, and there's plenty of uh, information on the price of wines when they're released and how they move over time. But yeah, you have to take it seriously. Take down the prices of these wines you would have bought, and you have to track them.
0: Okay. Now, what kind of collectors are are there? Are there types that drink and then also invest on the side? Are there types that don't even touch it, don't even touch what they've invested and bought?
1: Well, if you don't like wine, yeah, there's no reason to actually drink it. There are people who invest in wine who don't like wine or don't even drink wine. Mm. In the same way that you can buy orange juice futures and not like orange juice. It's just a financial vehicle for yourself. And like I mentioned... You'd uh, engage a broker often and buy wine, sometimes before it's released. In the case of French wine, you call it en primeur. Wine futures. You're buying the wine before it's even bottled and released. Wow. And then you keep it for a few years, and then you sell it without ever having seen it. So you can do that. Or at the other extreme, you buy the cheapest bottle of wine you can find at a wine store and not think about value. But most people fall somewhere in between. Yeah. You want to buy wine that if you decide not to drink it, if you decide to keep it, it will either keep its value or appreciate. And you know that if you feel like it, you can drink it and enjoy it and watch it evolve over the years. Because uh, one great way of learning about wine is to buy a case, 12 bottles or half a case, six bottles of wine Mm -hmm. and drink a bottle every year. This is something many winemakers recommend as well. They'll say, you know what? If you don't know my wine, buy a case and drink a bottle every year and see how that wine of mine evolved over that 12 years for you. Then you understand my wine. <laughs> wow.
0: Okay, are there good starter brands uh, that I should consider
1: after I listen to this episode? Of course, there are big brands and many wine brands actually fall under big conglomerates such as Constellation Wine, Treasury Wine, Estates, etc., if you go to your average supermarket, you'll see brands such as Wolf Blast, Penfolds. You can't go wrong with them. But I wouldn't buy by brand. I would buy based on your palate when you're starting out. Right. And don't be held back by very outdated conceptions of red wine only going with red meat mm. and white wine only going with seafood. In fact, I remember 20, 30 years ago, people would say that you would start with white wine and then graduate to red wine when you become more sophisticated. (laughs) But actually, Asian food goes typically more easily with white wine. When I say goes, I mean it matches because there's more acidity typically in white wine and there's less tannin content which makes it go better with the spice. Tannin and acidity are the enemy of spice. So if you Mm. like spicy food, pick a white wine that isn't too acidic and you'll be very happy. The vintage...
0: High-end brands, I mean, what should we look out for at the other end of the spectrum?
1: When you're experimenting, stay mm. away from <laughs> Big Bang vintages. For example, last decade, in one decade, 10 yeah. years, right, the 2000s, we had three vintages of the century popping up in one decade right, uh, for Bordeaux, the most famous winemaking region of France, 2005, 2009, 2010. So I would say, actually, stay away from those three vintages because they are priced... Out of the average wine drinkers. I mean, you wouldn't buy them to drink. Go for the off-vintages. 2003, overripe, don't drink it. Drink. Mm. 1997, 2007, off-vintages. Buy them because you don't have to wait to drink them. Mm. You can buy them and immediately enjoy them and thereby get a feel for what you enjoy drinking while you're doing what we previously suggested, which is uh, mentally doing some fantasy wine investing on paper.
0: So in a way, it's actually like, a, it's a way of investing in
1: yourself. It's a bit of appreciation, you know, through the collection. Absolutely. Yeah? Like we've mentioned in our episode on art and on watches, there's no reason why you can't do both. You can invest in yourself while also picking things that hold their value or even appreciate in value. No reason why you can't balance those two aspects.
0: And uh, you mentioned about going to the supermarket. Are there tasting events that we should uh, attend as well? Absolutely. To get started? So
1: there are, there are tasting events that supermarkets organise. So Giant, Cold Coat Storage, etc. They have wine fairs sometimes. Go there and try as many wines as you can get your hands on. There are, uh, various importers like the Straits, Singapore Straits Wine Company also hold fairs and tastings. So go for many, as many as you can get your hands on. And once you have a feel for what you like, challenge yourself. Go for some blind tastings, which is when they don't show you what wine they're pouring. In fact, they'll often give it to you in a black, opaque glass. You don't even know it's red or white. Then you have to guess, is it red or white? Then from which country? Then from which vintage? Very humbling. I've gotten some blind tastings completely wrong. It's been disastrous. Then you can attend seminars and workshops and work yourself up to certifications such as those I have. Like like you did? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay.
0: And you can do them here locally as well?
1: Absolutely. In fact, okay. maybe in later episodes, you can bring on some of these trainers okay. uh, and to talk about what they offer.
0: And you can sign up for these courses online, right?
1: Yes, you can. You can do them remotely. In fact, you can do the CSW and FWS courses remotely. Okay. Or you can do them in person. Though I recommend doing them in person because Mm. then they're not merely academic exercises. When you do them locally, you learn while you drink the wines you're studying. Uh And that's what really helps to make some of the dry facts you are dealing with real and relatable in your mind to particular taste.
0: Well, thanks, Chris, for an eye-opening look into how to collect wine and invest in it. And if you're thinking of further studies, you know what you have to do. Till the next episode of Money Hacks, goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.